Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Autumn here. Welcome to day 18 of Send It. Today we will continue to learn about sacrifice. Over the last couple of weeks, we've learned about work and how to faithfully view our finances. But what about retirement? Do we ever get to just plain stop? But before we do that, I get to introduce you to the last of our four readers. Meet Kyle. You might have seen him at our family service on Christmas Eve. He was the angel. He also is a talented chef and volunteers by crafting a ton of the delicious food we serve at our weekend and men's events. He is serving our church by reading today's Devo. Let's get to it. Today's scripture is from Luke 12, verse 15 to 21. Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Today's Devo is titled, Finish the Race. So, let's say that we have recognized that money is a trap. We work hard and have learned to manage what God has given us faithfully. We have learned the difference between wants and needs. And when our money comes in, we live in contentment and sacrificial generosity. How does it all end? Do we ever get to stop? Comedian Betty White once said, retirement is not in my vocabulary. They aren't going to get rid of me that way. For most of us, if we manage the resources entrusted to us well, there will come a day when we no longer need to work to meet our needs. What are you going to do with yourself when that day comes? If you work hard, tithe, and are generous now, does that mean you get to spend the last third of your life golfing? If you've made it through the last three days of this workbook, then you know how that's a rhetorical question. The answer is, of course not. There is never a season of life when it ever be good or healthy or life-giving for a follower of Jesus to stop all meaningful work and to live purely for their own pleasure. And if you've been living your life for Christ, when you get to this point, this kind of retirement will be the furthest thing from your mind. Who in their right mind would trade a life of purpose for a life of leisure sports? Pastor Doyle repeatedly tells us, if you're still breathing, God's not done with you. Imagine what would have happened if some of the great people in the Bible had stopped when they hit retirement age. Abraham would have never founded a family dynasty. He became a new dad at 120. Moses would have never led his people out of Egypt. He part of the Red Sea at 80. Caleb would have never conquered the Promised Land. 
He was 85 and still swinging a sword. And Anna would have never seen the Messiah. She was 91 when she prophesied over the infant Jesus in the temple. God has spent every year of each of these people's long lives refining their character and preparing them for their assignment. It would have been tragic for them to stop before they actually got to do the thing He had made for them. God has been redefining you and developing your character for your whole life. You're not done until you're dead. And even then, He's got meaningful work for you in heaven. The end is not the time to disengage. Jesus has called you the light of the world, Matthew 5, verse 14. He intends to use your life now, tomorrow, and in the day after that to draw people to Him. We might never see the big picture of what God is doing. We might just have our little part to play, but one day we will, just like He was with Joshua, Gideon, David, and Mary. God is up to something behind the scenes. These people could have never imagined the impact their little acts of faith would have, but they stepped in anyway and God used them to reflect His power and might to a dark world. Use every resource at your disposal. Every day you are given to step into His story. Leave a legacy that lasts. So today we are actually going to be talking about uh, giving God access, not just to the beginning of our life, the middle of our life, but our all of our days, our whole lives. And um, I recently got a chance to teach on one of my favorite Bible characters, um, and her name is Miriam. So she was Moses' sister, and one of the reasons she's my favorite is because she was just a super smart little girl. Um, She saved Moses and got him adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter, and then got her mom to be the one that actually raised him. Um, And this was all when she was like 12. Like it's just, she was just a genius at that point. And then you don't hear from her for about 80 years. And in that time, she raised her family, she lived her life, she did all of this stuff. And then she emerges during the Exodus when she's about 90. And the prophet Micah tells us that she, along with Aaron and Moses, led the people. And she led them all throughout the desert wandering. She had some problems during that time. Um, But in the end, when she died, the nation of Israel stopped and mourned for her for three months. Um, you know, that she, when, when she passed away and she was like probably 130 years old. And I just think about that her real ministry began when she was 90 years old. <laughs> That's oh. when she stepped out and started to lead the people of Israel. And um, we're, today we're kind of talking about uh, retirement, a little bit about the idea of retirement and what the Bible has to say about retirement. And I always just think about her and I think I would love to have a ministry that I started when I was 90. <laughs> you know, that, oh, I can't die yet because I got, I still got something to do. Um, so what are you guys, what are you guys' thoughts? I know Doyle, you've talked a little bit about retirement already during this whole, um, this whole Send It campaign. What are Let your thoughts? Clarify, I didn't talk about retiring. Well, you talked about retirement. I'm not talking about retiring. Yes. I just want to talk about the idea of retirement. Yes. The Philosophically. Idea. No, no, no. Sorry. Doyle is <laughs> No, I think retiring. we've been talking about Doyle retiring. I <laughs> yeah. don't think yes. no, I, I, about That's true. I believe that. Doyle has told us that that is not <laughs> happening. But no. Um, so what do you guys think? What, okay. First off, 
is what, retirement biblical? Is retirement biblical? Yeah. What does the Bible say about retirement? Well, you have to define what we're talking about when we're talking about Stopping retirement. working. Yeah, that that's saving income, up Saving up enough money yeah. um, so that you don't have to work anymore. And so you just get to stop and sit yeah. for the rest of your life. I just don't think your productivity for God's kingdom should ever stop, right? You wrote something here that was great. Um, I loved how mission-focused the statement was that you're not, uh, God's not done with you until you're dead, right? So you may have stored up, you know, uh, been wise with your retirement your entire life and therefore at age 60, 65 or whatever age you can retire, but you don't retire out of God's purpose and plan for your life, i.e. the church, participating in what he's doing in the local church and, and yeah, restoring the mankind through it. So the, all right, so the whole thing is a joke. Retirement? Let's just, let's or just get there. So if I, if I understand this correctly, I could be wrong, but I think retirement, the idea of retirement uh, at 65 was established by the Germans to take care of people over 65 because nobody lived that long. And it was so they wouldn't have to starve to death. Okay, whatever. So somehow we have bought in, and it's a part of a bigger picture. And you guys can tell me I'm an idiot, but it's okay. Um, the bigger picture is young and beautiful is what matters. And in the real terms of life, young and beautiful are irrelevant. <laughs> They really are. It's old and wise, okay? So we live our lives thinking young and beautiful is the most important thing because that's who gets famous, that's who makes all the money because money and fame are the most important things, right? Wrong. What if the people, as they got older, saw themselves not as old and washed up and not needed anymore, but as having been through a whole lot of life and could save a whole lot of young people a lot of a lot of pain by helping guide them and encourage them in the most appropriate, loving, proper kinds of ways. And so we there's this big thing. What did, what did they call it on that podcast? The um, boomer, boomer apocalypse. Boomer apocalypse, is that what they call it? Yeah. That boomers are gonna drop out of the um, volunteer pool. Uh, out of the volunteer workforce. pool, out of the workforce, and it's gonna be a problem. And, and I understand the younger people saying, well, the boomers are hanging on too long and, and they're hogging all their money, whatever. Well, wham. But anyway, <laughs> that's an aside. That's but, how we got here. Yeah, that's how we got here. I, I'm not defending boomers anything great. But here's what I have seen in my life. I have seen some older saints who didn't see their role in life change just because they no longer worked uh, a, a particular job. Um, and, 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 and I think this is on the... the older people who haven't done this. So in my experience, and I'm approaching this, and it's easy to be that old guy who yells, get off my lawn, you know, because they're just cranky and nasty, whatever it is. But if we truly are Christians and are developing Christ-like character, doesn't it make sense that at the end we have more to give than we did at the beginning? And so I think it behooves not younger people to make a place for older people, but older people to grow themselves, develop themselves, so that when they actually do have more resources and time on their hands, they have something to offer. And so for a person to get to older age and not know what they have to offer, I think is unbiblical. And so for us to just, our whole lives, work that day, that work so that one day we don't have to do anything. Well, that's just, well, how boring is that? What if we worked our whole lives so that one day we could give all of the wisdom that we've learned, all of the experience that we had, and that that would also behoove us as as people who have more experience to learn how to give it. It's not received in the form of criticism, critique, uh, you know, condescension. It is. It has to be. 
given in the context of relationship and patience and understanding and realize and, and humility, knowing that you don't you know a lot, but you don't know everything. And so I think that this. So I don't know why this subject came this week. I don't remember why we put it in there, but I'm I'm glad we did because I I man I just don't even the statistics of how soon people die after they retire. Yeah, it's just it confirms that you're not supposed to quit. You're never supposed to work. Quit. Was good. I will I will tell you why it's in this week, and it's because I was thinking about one of the things that people that one of the roles that money plays in their life in people's lives is that they're saving for retirement. They think that this is one of the things that the world says is you need to save so that you can stop working and live you know the last third of your life without any money. And so I wanted to spend some time clarifying, okay, I don't think that that's a bad idea. I think, I think it's great that, that we save for retirement, um, but we're, you know, I, even the word retire means like giving up the field, you know, like we're not gonna do that. It's we're gonna, we're gonna reach out and we're gonna claim yeah. more land for the kingdom. Well, so that, that, that idea comes from, in the Old Testament, the story of Joshua and Caleb, one of my favorite stories is uh, I think jo uh, it's after Joshua and Caleb have fought for the promised land and they've taken over all of this land and now they're choosing who gets what land. And Joshua, who is ruling Israel at the time or leading Israel, he goes to Caleb, who is kind of his right-hand man, who's been alongside him on all these battles. And he says, what land do you want? And he has like a choice of he could have, go, you want the golf course? Do you, want to, do you want to live on an island? Do you want, I mean, retirement is yours. You've been my right-hand man. And what does he choose? He says, give me the hill country. And the hill country is the one that has not been tamed in which there's still rebels there. He says, why would I give up the fight now? Like I've, I've got so much wisdom. I've still, got, um, I've still got energy in me. And so he doesn't want to retire. He wants to continue the battle until he dies. And so I think that's kind of the picture that you're painting is, um, sure, right. Retirement is I no longer have to get a paycheck. Great, but I don't retire from my purpose. That, that, that I think that's why people die. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly right. I, I have a, I have three guys in mind. One is my dad. One is a guy named we used to call him Brother Powell. He was a pastor from England, about three hundred pounds, and he talked very loudly and 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 he just loved Jesus. And and to the day he died, he was sharing his faith. And uh, uh, so th those are two of the guys. And there's another guy, his name is Kelly Beal, who was here at this church and uh, a, 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 a biblical teacher and leader of university and a bunch of different stuff. And each of those guys, so, so we all, we all kind of want to just, you know, fade away and do okay. No, no, they went into heaven limping. They went in, they went in wounded and limping and exhausted from the battle. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? They went in not not taking it easy. They went in grabbing. Kelly B. Last time I saw him before he died, he said, oh, "I got one more sermon. I got one more sermon." Well, I knew he was dying, so he's going to get to preach it to Jesus. But <laughs> but he was still he it was still there, and it wasn't an ego thing. It was that's who he was. And on his deathbed, as he's as they're trying to give him drugs, and he's trying to fight his way to clarity, he has one more sermon to preach. And and so I just, I saw my dad, who all, the exact same spot, just hours before he died. The guy came in from the church to fix something in the house and, and he was trying to avoid my dad. My dad spotted him and called him over, asked him how his daughter was doing, how's your family, and began to just minister to him hours before he was gone. And I'm thinking, yes, this is how I want to go. I don't want to go saying that I improved my golf score by 10. I know, the golfers, don't get mad at me. Uh, but. But I don't want to improve it by 10 strokes. I want to see 10 more people in the kingdom. And I think that 
anything else, I, it, I don't know how you get motivated by it. I don't understand how you get motivated by it. So, um, gosh, I think one of you guys, Matt will know this statistic like off the top of his head, but what is it that it, you have to invest a certain number of hours to become an expert 10, in something? 10,000 10, hours. Um, so you spent your whole life investing, you know, your 10,000 hours and then you get to 65 and you, you start all over again, you go work at Target, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. What are some of the things that you could see um, people who are maybe closing in on retirement? What are some of the things that you've seen people do? Uh, cast a vision for some of those folks as they're, they're nearing that, that age. Well, there's nothing wrong with working at Target as long as you're doing it for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing it to, to meet people and share your faith, there's nothing really wrong with that. Um, and by the way, I don't think 65 is gonna be retirement age anymore. I think people are too healthy, too- Living too, too long. Yeah, and too strong. And so I think it's gonna, it's, it is moving up, I think. Unless you were for the government and you can retire at 50 and you're fine. I don't. Is that rude? Was that rude? <laughs> Sorry about that. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Love you guys. I feel like, I feel like we got a couple of old guys running for president. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. Oh, now we're getting. Now it's going downhill. So maybe there is a case to be made for retirement. <laughs> yeah, now it's going downhill. <laughs> but I, I just think what better thing to do than get up in the morning thinking I've got someplace to go that matters for eternity. It just it just makes so much more sense. And it doesn't have to be here. Although we'd love it to be here. We have lots of things that need to be done. But I just think, I think we ought to look at ourselves a little differently. We ought to look less as consumers, even at this aspect of our life. At this point, what is easiest for me? That's not the question. That was never the question. It shouldn't be the question. The question is, what is best for the kingdom? Is it best for the kingdom that I go sit on my hands and take with me all the experience? Now, here's what's going to be frustrating that you younger guys won't get. People listening to me right now who are of that age or approaching that age are going, yeah, but they won't want me. Well, again, that's not on them. That's on you. Have you made yourself valuable? Don't show up here at 65, never having volunteered a day at the church. Don't know what you're good at. We'll probably make you answer phones or something because we don't know what you're good at either. But if you come in here going, you know what, I can really help with this. I'm really good at this. Or I can do this. Or I'm willing to do anything. We've got guys right on here on carts and set up stuff and do all that stuff. That's great too. We, we don't. It, the point is, is that you need to be doing something because God has kept you breathing. Yeah. If, if, if you're not dead, God's not done. So find a way to contribute. And, and I'm not just saying just to the church, although I think we need about a 3,000% increase of people volunteering in the church. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Um, but you got grandkids. You got grand Investing in those grandkids is a ministry. Mm -hmm. Spending time with those grandkids is a ministry. Uh, so uh, I just think that if the church gave what it's supposed to give financially and gave what it's supposed to give in terms of volunteerism, we would change the world. We would change it tomorrow. And I think I hate to see gifts and abilities and talents go to waste just because someone aged out of some arbitrary number that somebody put on something. And so for me, but I've also seen the opposite side where I don't want any old people around because it is mean and nasty and selfish. And, and old people, so in, in, someone said something to the effect of, as you get older, it just magnifies who you really are. And I always say to my family, I want to be like my dad. My dad was sweet. He was wonderful. He was encouraging at the end. And they said, there's no chance because you're not even like him now. So it's not going to get better as you get older. So it's a source of prayer for me and, and for them, I'm sure, too. Um, but if we have developed that Christ-likeness and sweetness, or if we're willing to, there's a place to play. And we need to be playing. And I think that is a, an asset that has been entrusted to us. Not just life itself, but the experience, the talents, the abilities. And... Uh, 
You might not get to play the same way you get to play. You might have to play through some younger people and learn how to mentor them and let them make mistakes. Yeah, and it's a great adventure. The adventure doesn't stop just because you stop getting a paycheck. And I think I think one thing, I'm, I'm gonna wade carefully into this. I think that boomers, um, all of generations have problems with them, but boomers are specifically hyper-individualistic. And um, so there's gonna be a fighting of that as they retire. They're gonna to have to maybe have some humility in it. <laughs> have, some, have some humility and you know, realize that they need to mentor these, these younger generations because the younger generation's lost. They're lost. And the boomers can speak into their lives, but it's not gonna be, maybe be from a, a, a place of strength. It's gonna be from a place of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I think boomers, because of the hyper-individualistic, you know, idea, they were always put their best foot forward, you know, put on a good show. Um, that's, that's not what they're going to need to mm -hmm. mentor this generation. And that's just my thoughts. I'm a Gen Xer raised by, you know, boomers. And so, um, you know, we're the, we were the latchkey kids. You guys we, are still around, Gen we, Xers? We were. Wow. And we were, we, you know, we were left to our own vices because our parents were off trying to make a million dollars. And so there's going to have to Mom be... Mom and Dad, he's not talking about yes, you. Yes, not my or parents. Gen X in general. Because they didn't make their money until we were already old. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, just a thought to think through. Because I, I do see so much good things coming out of the boomers. And I, I'm really excited for them to step in and start mentoring my son and Gen Z. Yeah, yeah I guess um, I have the opportunity to work, like James was saying, along... Um, really this next gen here, and, and I can't um, agree with you more how lost they are. They're probably the most lost generation in American history. And who better to lead the lost young than the older saints who are found? Right? They've got more life experience. And so if you're listening and you're on this podcast with us, and you are in retirement age and you're retired, like volunteer in our next gen's ministries. We need people like you, whether it be holding babies or whether it be serving in junior high or, or in fourth and fifth grade or whatever it is, like they, they need you more than you possibly could ever know. And so we just wanna encourage you to, to volunteer. So you're specifically only talking to women, right? Only women can volunteer with kids? No, 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 I'm saying, I, I, I mean, I think that a lot of times people hear that next gen and they say, okay, well, that's, that's the women's job is to take care of the next generation. So what role have you seen um, men play in um, youth ministry and more, children's ministry? Well, at least in youth ministry, we have more, uh, we have more guys that serve than, than women. That's probably because most of our, all our leaders are males. In the kids' ministry, you're right, though. There is a, there is a, I'm trying to think of how many leaders we have. We have 100 and, we had 146 in our kids' department last week, and 90% and of them are all, are all females. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually, we're, we're piloting a ministry that's really about encouraging and equipping dads to lead this next generation, really ages 10 through 15. But really, yeah, again, if you are uh, a retirement age and you are a male, we need you more than ever in, in next gen. Mm -hmm. um, uh, especially in our kids' department. So one of the things, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because one of the things that we are thinking about, and especially with that ministry you're talking about, it's called... 20 Conversations. 20 Conversations. And it's a pilot program to try to connect dads and their sons. Yeah. So how many, just if you're sitting out there and you know a kid who's between, I don't know, 5 and 15, how many of those kids know how to start a fire? I mean, without matches and the whole, I mean, just start a fire. None. 
right? Yeah. So there was, a, there was a time when I was growing up that men, older men, especially dads, but grandpas also would take all the young men from the church, and they had a separate one for girls, and take us out camping and teach us how to start a fire. I still remember the skills that I learned that make me feel like I was... I was doing something that I was somebody yeah. and it was all instilled. We did everything from build canoes to, to go rock climbing, to cliff climbing even with these, these dads and grandpas. And I think that there's a lot of, not only skills have been lost, but self-esteem of young men absolutely lost because they can't learn to do. They haven't learned to do for themselves. Many of their dads don't know how to do. And so I think volunteering in next gen is huge. I think that's a great idea. If you look throughout the pages of of scripture, you'll see that biblical masculinity was always passed down by men. Intergenerational discipleship was older men leading younger men. And I think that not just in our church, but churches really all around the country, that they they suffer from having, regardless of the age, just males involved in, in serving in next gen. And that's been problematic. Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, We are going to let you guys go for today. And we got one more day of Send It. Okay. Now we're going to turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, the main resource for today's Devo is the Live Well Workbook by Crown Financial Ministries. We also got a little bit from Visionarying by Andy Stanley. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Question one. What do you think it means to be rich towards God? Question two, is the American ideal of retirement appealing to you? Why or why not? Question three, when you no longer have to earn money in order to provide for your needs, what meaningful work do you think God might be calling you to do? Thanks for joining us today. We hope you take what you've learned and begin right now to apply it to your life. If you'd like a digital text copy of the Devo, you can download it on our website at scgchurch.org. Talk to you tomorrow.